0: You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region. For more information, visit harvestyorkregion.ca. Well, let's get our Bibles out and turn to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, once again, as we continue in our series, The Ten Commandments, this uh, message is entitled, Full Stop. Full Stop. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord. I believe this is perhaps the commandment that we break the most without carrying the weight of what we're doing. It may not be the one we break the most, but it's the one that we break the most without caring that we break it. So should we take a day to stop? Are we required to have a Sabbath? What does the Bible say about that? And what does stopping or not stopping say about your obedience or your disobedience in your relationship to God? Or what does your stopping or not stopping say about how you trust in God for the things that you need and require in your life? There's been a lot of bad teaching about the Sabbath. There's been a lot of bad practice about the Sabbath. I remember as a kid growing up in a church, and in the church that I grew up in on on Sunday, which, by the way, is not the Sabbath. Nowhere in the Bible is Sunday ever made the Sabbath, okay? And... uh, so that's just a little aside. You can go home and test that, and you can bring it back to me if you want, but you're not going to find anything where the Sunday's made the Sabbath, but that's not really what I want to talk about. I want to talk about what I went through as a kid and what church looked like on the Sabbath and we would get up and we would all get dressed up and i was a kid five kids in our family and i had to put my little suit on on saturday my little tie on on saturday and a little wild root or Brill cream in my hair i mean on sunday and, and we all went to church and we, we got there for sunday school and we got there for church and and then we went home and, and we would have a nice lunch on sunday and and then and then it was time for a nap i'm 10 years old for Pete's sake what am i doing having a nap on sunday afternoon and, uh, and then after my nap, I couldn't go out in the backyard and play because uh, it was the Sabbath. We weren't, we weren't allowed to do that. And, and then we would have dinner and then we would go back to church at night. I got to tell you, as a 10-year-old kid, I hated that day. I hated it. Um, and so there were a lot of things that were put on. There were a lot of trappings that were put on in, in my history and in my background that made the Sabbath something we didn't look forward to. I didn't even want to go after and uh, so I want to talk to you today about the Sabbath and, and what it means. But the Sabbath means to rest. I called the message Full Stop because I believe it's what we need to think about, or what we need to get to in our life. We need to stop. The word stop means a cessation of movement or operation. We need to come to a complete Stop. It's interesting in the, the traffic laws, we have uh, crazy rules about this. It says, you come up to a stop sign. Now, my understanding of what that means is you stop. It's, it's really not that difficult to figure out. Um, and, but in the, in, the, in the courts, it says a complete stop. Well, what other kind of stop is there? If you don't come to a complete stop You didn't stop. You don't need to add to the word. And then so, because so many people don't do it, of whom I am chief, especially at stop signs, they come up to this thing called a rolling stop. Well, how crazy is that? No such thing as a rolling stop. If you're still rolling, you haven't stopped. S-T-O-P does not stand for squeal tires on pavement. It, It means stop. So a rolling stop is a term used in traffic law to refer to when a vehicle fails to come to a complete stop. Craziness. A complete stop is when there is no forward momentum and the needle on the speedometer is at zero. Thank you, Captain Obvious. In a rolling stop, the car wheels are still in motion and the car is moving at less than five miles an hour. Failing to come to a complete stop at a stop sign is a traffic violation governed by the state laws, which vary by state. The longer the stop, the more discernible it is to the naked eye, giving a motorist a better chance of avoiding a ticket. Hey, people, we need to stop. We need to come to a place where we learn how to stop. Not a rolling stop, but a complete stop. And how would God be honored to that? And how would he be lifted up? And how would he be glorified if we were to do this and do much better at it than we do? So you got your Bibles open. Let's stand. We want to honor God as we read his word. And I'm going to read the whole passage through. We're just going to be looking at one part of it. But Exodus 20, starting at verse 1. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gate. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested. On the seventh day, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes and the lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled and they stood afar off and said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us lest we die. And Moses said to the people, do not fear for the Lord has come to test you that the fear of him may be before you that you may not sin. The people stood afar off while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for the word that we hold in our hands. This passage, passage needs to be treasured. It needs to be examined. It needs to be looked at. It needs to be devoured. It needs to be applied. And Lord, as we take a look at full stop today, we pray that you would give us ears to hear your word, minds that we might understand it, God, and then hearts to passionately live out in a way that honors Jesus Christ, the Lord, that brings glory to you. Do a work in us, God, today. The only way we can explain it is God did it, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can take your seats. Well, I need to tell you right off the top, this is one of the toughest messages I've ever prepared. Um, it's tough. It's tough for a couple of reasons for me. First of all, there's lots of tension um, in this whole area. The way I was raised, the way that I was brought up, the way that you were brought up, and, and what does, how do those things clash? Maybe what the Bible's really talking about and what wasn't clearly understood or what got added on that shouldn't be there. And it's a tough message. But that's only one of the reasons it was tough for me. The second reason it was tough for me is my own personal failure in this area, uh, I got about a big hashtag fail in my life for much of it and not that long ago, like a week or two, that I haven't done well at this. And so as I'm preaching today, I'm not just preaching to you. Every message is a message that needs to be on my own heart. But this one even more so, um, as I consider my failure uh, in this area of Sabbath, this area of stopping. This area of rest. So I'm going to put that out there at the beginning. You need to understand it. Um, It's an area that I wrestle with. It's it's hard for me because for you guys, it's like, well, no. Sunday is not the Sabbath. But we need to take a Sabbath. And and in it, there's certain things we do and you're doing them. But but I don't get to do those while I'm standing here. And uh, a service on Saturday night and two services on Sunday. These days are crazy for me. So when is my Sabbath, and what does it look like? So I'm just putting it out there. It's an area that I'm wrestling through. It's an area I'm struggling with. It's what makes this message difficult, but it doesn't change God's word. And what God needs to do in my life, he needs to do in my life. And what he needs to do in your life, he needs to do in your life as well. So I guess the question I would start with for me and for you, who's willing to admit that they get a hashtag fail on keeping a Sabbath, on coming to a full stop, on taking a rest, And the next question we say, who else is willing to do something about it? I'm not going to be legalistic about the Sabbath. I think that's what happened to me, and that's what we tend to do in life. We tend to put all kinds of rules on that the Bible doesn't put on. Let's not do that. But let's talk about what the Sabbath is. Let's talk about what it was intended for. And let's be willing to listen to what God is saying to us today and, and then apply it and make the difference the changes that are required in our lives. So here's the first thing we want to take a look at is the context the context. All of the other commands are clearly stated and restated in some form in the New Testament. You don't have any time, any trouble finding for Christians that uh, we're not to worship any other God, and we're not to have images, and uh, you don't have any trouble uh, finding out in Scripture that we aren't to uh, covet, or to steal, or we're not to commit adultery, or we're not to, we're not to, we're not to. It's all, it's all easily laid out. But I'm here to tell you, you won't find a clear scripture in the New Testament that says to do what this verse says. It's just not there. Not in that way. Now, there's lots of illustrations of the Sabbath in the New Testament. There's misapplication of it and what was expected on the Gentiles. And we'll get to all that. But, but no clear statement that says you and I have to stop on Saturday... And keep a Sabbath. Because that's when the Sabbath was. It was the seventh day. And, uh, and so some folks last night, I said, hey, if you come to church on Saturday night, because you're a Sabbatarian, I hate to disappoint you, but you miss the boat even there. Because by Saturday night, Sabbath is over. Right? It ends at sundown. So you've got to find a church you can go to on Friday night if you want to get that thing taken care of. And, and, or on Saturday during the day. It's not, but it's not about that. When we take a look at what the Sabbath is about, it's not about that. And we'll see that as we we go along. Last week, we took a look at a message called The Name. And it was like, watch your mouth. And I challenged you in the way we use the name of the Lord. And if you hear it or you see it in another believer, you need to come alongside it. You need to challenge them. You need to step up with them. And uh, so all of the other ones, all of the other commandments, we deal with them in people's lives. But this one... We tend to be very loose with, and I think in some ways that's unfortunate, so, but it's tough. Jesus often was referred to the Sabbath, and he was often seen on the Sabbath, but most of the time when you see it in the New Testament, what he was doing, he was ticking off the Pharisees. He was out there in the fields gleaning and picking and doing things that there was a lot, but they had made rules, you weren't allowed to do that, or he talked about if your ox is in the ditch, don't you pull it out on the Sabbath, right? Are there things you have to do, um, Moms, diapers get dirty on the Sabbath. And you can't wait until the next day to clean them up. The things you have to do. But how do we stop? How do we come to a place of resting? And how do we come to a place of a a new focus? So in the context, I think we need to go back to Genesis chapter 2. We need to go back to Genesis chapter 2. Because in it, we see the creation On day one of creation, it says, and he saw that it was good. And basically day one, two, three, four, five, a God is creating and he says, it is good. It is good. It is good. It is good. And then he comes to day six, when you were created, when I was, when when man was created. And he didn't say it was good. He said it was what? Very good. Bonus for us, right? Very good. And then we come to Genesis 2, 1 and 2. And thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work, what he had done, and he rested on the seventh day From all of his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy. Because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. As we think about the context and the the idea and the need for Sabbath. I believe it needs to go back way past Exodus 20. It needs to go back to Genesis chapter 2. And God created the heavens and the earth. And he did it in six days. And on the seventh day what did he do? He rested he rested. He stopped from all of his labor and he rested. Now, that word would be a diff- little different for us. If, if you and I went out and worked hard for uh, six days, we would want the seventh day because we'd be like exhausted. It'd be like, oh, 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 I just need to stop or I'm going to die. It wasn't like that for God. That word doesn't mean that for him. Uh, when it, that word means he stopped. He looked around. He observed. And so saw how amazing that it was. and He rested. You don't hear about Sabbath again in the book of Genesis. It doesn't appear anywhere. But you don't ever make an argument for what you want to do out of silence. That's a terrible way to make an argument. And when you get to the book of Exodus there, and in the rest of the law, there's lots of illustrations about it. There are laws about uh, farmers and their land and how you would farm a, a piece of property for six years. And on the seventh year, you would let it rest. And then you would go again. One in seven. One in seven. And then you come to Exodus chapter 16. So flip back just a couple pages to Exodus chapter 16. And we read about uh, the manna. The people have now come out of the land. They're now um, in the wilderness. And God is making provision for them. And Exodus 16 uh, verses uh, 15 to 17 says. And when the people of Israel saw it. They said to one another. What is it? That's what manna means. For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, it's the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each one of you, as much as you can eat. You shall take an omer according to the number of persons that each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered some more, some less. Keep going. But when they measured it with an omer, whoever gathered... Much had nothing left over, and who gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as, they, as much as he could eat. And Moses said to them, let no one leave it, any of it over till the morning. Then um, in verse 22. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread. Two omers. Um, And when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, this is what the Lord has commanded. Today is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil and all that is left over lay aside to be kept until the morning. So the principle of Sabbath, uh, they already understood it because when it came to the manna that they would collect, they would collect enough for five days, just enough for one night. And if you tried to keep it over to the next day, when you rolled over out of bed the next morning, it had gone bad. But on the sixth day, you got enough for two days, because on the Sabbath, you would rest. And so before we ever get to the Ten Commandments, this idea and this understanding for the people, it wasn't like they read this like, oh my goodness, we've never heard this before. They knew all of the commandments. None of them were a surprise to them. It was the putting it down, laying it out, giving it to them clearly. So that gives you a little bit of the context that this comes from. Um, But now we want to take a look at the text. We want to take a look at chapter 20. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your sons or your daughters or your male servants or your female servants or your livestock or the sojourner within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and he made it, he made it holy. Keeping the Sabbath, it comes out of your work. Keeping your Sabbath comes out of your work It's an important thing for us to see. And I, you know what? I don't know if I've ever really preached this before. I mean, all the times I've looked at it, it was always about the Sabbath, the Sabbath, the Sabbath, the Sabbath. And we forget the sentence where it says, six days shall you labor. Six days shall you labor. Yesterday morning, I, I got out of bed. I was thinking about this a little bit. And um, here's what I wrote down. You cannot honor God with your Sabbath until you first honor him with your work. You cannot honor God with your sabbath until you first honor him with your work six days. And we live in North America, we only have a five-day work week, isn't that sweet? Well, that should make it even easier for us to take a sabbath because we have another whole day that we can stop and cut the grass and all the other things you might think you need to do so that you can have a sabbath. Work hard. Work hard. You should be the best employee your employer has, bar none. Your work ethic should be above everybody else who's in the room, uh, unless they're another believer, and then you should be fighting for who's the best worker in the place. Work hard. Work hard. If you don't have a job, your job is get a job. Work hard. But when I was growing up and going to college, there was this whole thing on about like, you know, it's better to burn out than to rust out. It's better to burn out than to rust out. You just go like mad until you got nothing left. And better. It, was, it was espoused as a spiritual virtue. Better to burn out than to rust out. Can I tell you something? In both cases, you're out. And when you're out, that doesn't honor the Lord. Burning out doesn't honor the Lord. So if you're burning the candle at both ends, and you're like, oh my goodness, oh, but about, I'm, gonna, I'm sure not gonna be lazy. Hey, either way, you're out. So be faithful, work hard six days, but burnout is not acceptable and rusting out isn't either. I got a couple of things to put up on the screen here today for us to thinking hard, Work, working hard or hardly working and to put the next one up because um, I think this is a, a schedule that might describe some of you in the room. I hope not. Uh, at nine o'clock is starting time for work. At, at 9.30, I arrive for work. It's kind of like church on Sunday morning. It uh, starts at nine, but we kind of come in Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, starting time is nine. I arrive at 9:30, and I have my coffee break at 9:45, and I check my email at 11, and I start to prepare for lunch at 11:15, and I have lunch at noon, and then I browse the Internet at 2:45 before my tea break at three. I prepare to go home at four. I go home at 4:30 when finishing time is at five. See, there are people, maybe in the room, and your goal in life is, how can I stick it to the man? Or, how can I do as little as possible and still keep my job? Six days you shall labor, six days hard work, and on the seventh, you rest. Sue and I were in Israel in 2013 and saw something I'd never seen before. We're in this motel um, and it had 15, 20 floors on it, whatever it was. And, and uh, on the Sabbath, they had this special elevator, a Sabbath elevator. And I like, went, what, what? What is that? And, and it was for the devout Jews. And it was, it was designed so that when they got in the elevator, they didn't have to push the button. Because pushing the button was work. Now the poor guy who got he was living on the fifteenth floor. On Saturday, he gets on the elevator and it stops at every single floor. See, that's that's legalism run amok for sure, right? And uh, I, I was reading a thing this week. Somebody was talking about when they were in Israel. And uh, they were at the motel. I wasn't the same one necessarily. But they were at the motel. And there was this line up for the Sabbath elevator. And he was standing in the line. He thought it was for all the elevators. And he asked somebody. You know this is the, for the Sabbath elevator. The, the Gentile elevators are over there. And he goes thank the Lord I'm a Gentile. And he went over. <laughs> and, uh, and so they push the button. The door opens. And he gets on. And a, and a whole bunch of devout Jews follow him onto to the elevator. And they get on the elevator. And they say. Could you push the eighth floor, the tenth floor, the twelfth floor, the okay. That's not what we're going after here. That's not what we're looking for. So, what does the text talk about? Five, five things out of the text, really quick. Here's the first one: remember. Remember the Sabbath. It's a good thing to remember. It's good for us to do that about other things as well. It's a good thing for me to remember special dates. It's a, good, it's a really good thing for me to remember July the 18th, Sue's birthday. It's a good thing for me to remember May 26th, our anniversary. I don't want to forget those. It's good to remember things, but they also cause us to have fond memories and think about things and all the rest. And here he says, it's good to remember. And when the Lord stopped, he stopped to look and see and remember all that he had made and all that he had created. A clue for us probably and what we should do on a Sabbath. Uh, remember, the next thing is remember to keep it holy. Keep it holy. It means to be separated. That's what the word holy means. It means to be separate, it needs to be different. Your Sabbath needs to look different than the rest of your week. And in a special way, it needs to honor the Lord. Uh, we'll come back to that. Remember, keep it holy. One out of seven. One out of seven. Six days shall you labor. But the seventh day is a Sabbath. And we need to shut it down. We need to stop. And he goes on. There's no fudging on this. He goes, like, you stop. But don't pass it off onto somebody else. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter. You can't fudge on this. Don't go pushing it off to somebody else. And then the last one is... um, That God rested for in six days, the Lord made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. And he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and he made it holy. So what do we do with all of that? How do we take that and figure out what that means to us today? Because I don't want to get to a place I can't push a button on an elevator. That's ridiculous. I I don't want to be telling my kids, you can't can't go and play in the backyard or go and play with your kids on Sunday. Because I think that's just as ridiculous. But I think we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater on this. And we have no Sabbath. We got rid of all of it. And uh, we couch it in freedom in Christ and all the rest of it. It's like, no, no, no. Let's go back and remember. Let's go back and let's remember. So three more things I want us to look at. Here's the first one. Remember your position. Remember your position. For this you need to go over to Deuteronomy chapter 5. Deuteronomy chapter 5. Because this is where, another place where Moses lays down the Ten Commandments. And in in Exodus 20 when he talks about slavery, he put it right up in uh, verses 1 and 2. So it's not like he didn't talk about it um, um, in in Exodus and he talked about it in Deuteronomy. But when he couched it in Deuteronomy, he couched it a a little bit differently. In verses 11 to 15, he says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. That's what we saw last week. In verse 12, observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is in your, within your gates that... Um, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember, this is where it's different. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm before the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Remember your position. Remember that you used to be slaves. Remember when you were in Egypt, you were probably working seven days a week and there was no Sabbath. Remember, you're no longer a slave. So here's a statement I would make. If you do not rest, you're demonstrating you're still a slave. Six days shall you labor, but the seventh is a Sabbath, a rest. And if you can't stop, you're demonstrating you're still a slave. As a matter of fact, I believe you're demonstrating. And when I struggle with this, I told you I'm preaching this sermon for me first. I'm demonstrating I can't trust God enough to make the provision that I need. And so I've got to get going. I've got to get stuff done. I've got to be working forward. I've got to, i got to, i got to, i got I to. What does that say about what I believe about God? Six days, work hard, but stop. Are you a slave? Are you a slave to your work? Are you a slave to your schedule? Are you a slave to your tools, your iPhone, your iPad, your computer? Are you a slave to your family? Are you a slave to your spouse? Are you a slave to your family? If you don't rest, if you don't stop, you're a slave. Does that mean I don't spend time with my family on the Sabbath? No, it doesn't mean that at all. But it's like who's controlling who? What's in charge? What's motivating you? Where are you spending your time? And what part of it is God getting? What part of it are you resting in His work, in His provision for you? Remember your position. That's from Deuteronomy chapter 5. Back in Exodus 20, I believe it's remember your worship. Remember your worship. The Exodus account, it ties this commandment to God's worship and creation. In verses eight to 11, he finishes up. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in him. And he rested on the seventh day and the Lord blessed the seventh day and he made it holy. He said, it's going to be separated. It's a day for you to remember. It's a day for you to focus. Focus on what? Focus on who God is and what he has done. Now that's the two points. There's only really two things you need to write notes to put down in this section. The first one is focus on God's work And focus on what he's done. In doing that you focus on his glory. God stopped after six days of creation. It is good. It is good. It is good. It is good. It is very good. And he rested. He looked. And he saw. And we need to stop. And we need to look. And we need to see. And we need to rest in God's provision. Remember your position. Remember your worship. Here's the third one. Remember your Savior. Remember your Savior. Well, you can't find that in Exodus chapter 20 necessarily. So uh, let's go over to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Remembering that the book of Hebrews is all about how Christ was greater. Christ was greater. Christ is greater than the angels. Christ is greater than you. Christ is greater than the law. Christ is the fulfillment of all of those things. And and so when we come to um, Exodus, or uh, Hebrews chapter four, uh, we've just had a whole series in Hebrews chapter three about how God is greater. And the last part, how God was greater than Moses. And we come to this section in Hebrews chapter four and we see that uh, God was greater than the working of Joshua. And And then in verse nine, it says, For then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has ever entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Whoever has entered into God's rest has also rested from his works as God did. From his. He goes down in verse 14. He talks about how Christ is the fulfillment of that. And he is the great high priest. And then down in verse 16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. That we may have received mercy. And find grace in time of need. Sunday is not the Sabbath. The day was never changed. Jesus is our Sabbath. Jesus is our Sabbath. Jesus Christ is our rest. Jesus Christ is our hope. Augustine in his confession said, um, our hearts are restless until we can find rest in you. Our hearts are restless until we can find rest in you. God's rest brings freedom from worry. God's rest allows us to lay down in green pastures. God's rest brings us confidence. God's rest is something we can lean on. God's rest is available to us. God's rest is promised. God's rest is secured. God's rest is guaranteed. God's rest does not fail. And our rest, our ultimate Sabbath is found in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Back in Hebrews chapter four, it says, so then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his, what? His works as God did from his. God rested from his works And when we are in Sabbath rest in Jesus Christ, it's no longer about our works. It's no longer about fulfilling the law. It's no longer about what we have to do to try and accomplish. The law could cover our sin, but it could never take away our sin. And so in Jesus Christ, we have this rest, the rest that can only come for us in a relationship with Jesus Christ, God's working, grace-given And we come in faith and we receive the gift and we receive the rest. Rest that comes that is about eternity for sure, but a rest that is for us today. See, I talked about how this law, um, hashtag fail. When it comes to stopping, when it comes to not being a slave, when it comes to the worship that I believe this day should have, I'm struggling with that. I'm growing in that. I'm stumbling forward in my sanctification on that. But I've got to tell you, there is one part of it that I do have because I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. God gave it to me. And that's the Sabbath rest I have in Jesus Christ. And we have that. We're not defeated. It's not like, oh, there's no hope for us. It's like, no, no, on the part you need to work on, you need to work on that. But when it comes right back down to it, it comes back down to who Jesus Christ is. And I'm not striving. I'm not working hard. I'm not trying to get God's acceptability by what I accomplish or what I do. That was all taken care for me in Jesus Christ. And in that, I find my rest. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you need to own that and believe it and claim it as true because it comes from God's word. Our rest is found in him. And if you've never trusted Jesus Christ, you're still striving, you're still working, you're still trying, you're still all those things you're trying to do and there's no rest for you. You need to come to the place of understanding who Jesus Christ is and what he accomplished for you on the cross when he died, he was buried, he rose again. And I have rest. And so my Sabbath rest is found in Christ. So am I off the hook? Can I go back now to working for six days? if Jesus is my rest, aren't we just like, well, let's just go. Let's just go like mad dogs until Jesus comes back. Well, in one sense, yes, because our Sabbath rest is in Jesus Christ. Uh, In another sense, no. And we'll come back to that in a second. In the New Testament, they wrestled with this. And in Romans, uh, let me give you the text. You want to look it up later. Romans 14, five and six, it talks about how some people was put one day above another day. And our rest is in Jesus Christ. As the gospel is being spread around the world in the New Testament, the Jews were Jewish followers of Christ were seeking to put obligation on the Gentile followers of Christ. That, and so they had this thing called the Jerusalem Council. And in the Jerusalem Council in Acts 15, 8 to 11, and verse 19, see, I'm just like, stop doing that. Stop putting these things on the Gentiles. They're not on them. They're not on us. And, and so they were saying to be a, a Christian, you had to be circumcised to be a Christian. You had to, you had to, you had to, you had to. So they had this big council in Jerusalem. It's like, stop it, stop it. My rest is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our hope is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, so do we still need to take one in Seven. Could you you kind of get back to that? Because I got a lot of things planned for this afternoon. I believe yes. I absolutely believe yes. I believe when you have a passion to worship God, you have a desire to take the time to be still and know that I am God. It becomes part of who we are. But the law in Exodus 20 didn't start there. The Exodus 20 law started back in Genesis chapter 2. Work hard for six days and then rest. So are you saying we have to have a nap after church when we get home? No, I'm not saying that at all. As a matter of fact, I think we need to be really, really careful about how legalistic we get about this and the kind of things that we pour on people because it's our thing. Let God work in your heart. But out of your, I'm not going to be a slave to this. And I'm going to worship God you figure out how you're going to stop one day in seven, and what will that look like? Does that mean you can't go to a Jays game on Sunday? I don't think it necessarily means that. I can't watch a football game on I don't think it necessarily believe, means that, but here's the challenge: We're not doing anything. We've lost it completely. And we need to get back to in grace, in the finished work of Christ, remembering what he did and the model he gave for us was work hard, work hard, work hard, and then rest. And in rest, trust me. And in rest, worship me. Well, so what? So what? What's the revelation in this passage? Well, for me, it's rest is a pattern that is set by God. We don't rest because we don't trust God. My pattern was that Monday was my Sabbath, mostly in word only, not in reality. But I'd get up on a Monday morning and there would be people at the church and and I'm phoning to go, is everything okay? Are you guys all right today? Anything you need? And I didn't come in, but I couldn't let it go. And by two in the afternoon, there's like 40 emails that have arrived after the weekend. And I'm now starting to make my to-do list for Tuesday so I can get a head start. It can wait. Turn it off. No call, Amanda, this week. No Monday calls. The hard part for me is people die on Mondays. And so you can't Diapers need to be changed on your Sabbath. Meals need to be made on your Sabbath. And so we're going to live in the tension of this. But God deserves one. He deserves to have a special focus on one day when we set the other stuff aside. To me, that's the revelation. The revelation, God sets the pattern. It's a picture of my deliverance from slavery and I I don't want to be a slave to anything except Jesus Christ. It's a foundation of my worship. That's the revelation. Well, the confrontation, you're hearing it in my message. I'm struggling through this and I'm working through this and how is God getting the glory in my life out of six days of work and one day of rest? Here's the instruction. Stop. Stop what you do all week long. Set it aside. Take a rest. Don't be a slave to your work. Trust God. Take time to worship the maker of heaven and earth. Your Sabbath is ultimately the finished work of Jesus Christ. Yes, rest in him, but show him the rest in him by stopping and taking some time for his glory. The transformation, I don't know, we're going to see. We're going to see how it is in my life. We're going to see how it is in your life in, in uh, two weeks. Have I fallen off the wagon again? Well, I don't have to get back on the wagon. I'm going to stumble forward. I'm going to grow in this. And... But with God's help, we're going to do it different moving forward. Because this is the law I believe we break the most and don't care. And yet the pattern comes right out of when God created the heavens and the earth. Who's willing to do something about it? Don't go home and have a nap and don't have any fun on the Sabbath. But make God your focus. Make him your passion. And just stop doing the things you do all of the time and allow God to do a work. I'm not going to be legalistic about it. We couldn't go to a restaurant on Sunday because somebody would have to work. And yet my mom worked probably harder on Sunday than any other day of the week because we had to have people over and we had to have special meals. And and we make all these crazy little rules. Make your Sabbath about special worship for God and figure out how you're going to do it, but make it about him. Make it about his glory. This is a commandment for God's glory And my good, it reveals his character and it reveals my character. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your word, for working it in us, challenging us. Lord, we've all probably had a bit of a dagger in some way this morning, something where we have fallen short. We might find ourselves just chafing against this. Lord, are we chafing because we're disobedient? We don't want to accept it? Or like, what is that, Lord, to let this go? Father, to be people of God who are faithful servants, striving, working, serving hard six days a week. But Lord, one in seven for you. How do we do that, Lord? How do we do it better? How do we do it growing up for the fame of Jesus Christ, our Lord? Work these things in our hearts and seal them in our lives. As a testimony, I am not a slave. I'm a worshiper of the King of Kings. And my rest is in Jesus Christ, my Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.